ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode episode zero, I guess, the of, of the Finger Guns podcast. We've actually uh, finally decided to get together and uh, talk all things video games and nerdy stuff for the audio listeners in our audience. And as you know, we may have done this uh, a while back uh, when we were PS Gamer and the almighty PS Gamecast ruled the internet. And don't let anyone ever tell you otherwise. That's exactly what happened. And I am joined by Mr. Greg Hicks. Evening. You all right? I'm very well, mate. How are you? Good. I'm all good. Good, good. good. And I, of I course... Can, I can, but that will yeah, be topical yeah. when we get to it. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And of course, we're finally joined by the man who said Super Mario Odyssey was just okay. Mr. Sean Davies. Hi. It is just uh, okay. He is technically the oldest in the room by a couple of months. So. Yeah, 33, yeah. yesterday. <laughs> Happy birthday, sir. Thanks very much. Much appreciated. He's, um, yeah, he's now old and cranky, which is why he thinks someone as majestic as Mario Odyssey is just okay. Don't get me started. We could fill an hour of me just ranting about how Mario Odyssey is slightly overrated. I think we should get into that one day. I really do. Yeah, but let's not, let's not lose the entire like viewership an audience within the first 15 seconds of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not put them off. Let's reel them in with some, some tidbits and stings first before really pissing them off in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. Um, so what we're going to do, we, as you know, Finger Guns is very games-centric, so we're going to talk about lots of video game stuff and stuff. It's been an interesting week in the world of video games, and the week coming is also going to be very exciting as well with the possibility of a brand-new console being revealed. From good old Google, we'll get into that a little bit later. But firstly, I'm going to check in on what everyone's been playing. So, Mr. Greg Hicks, what have you been playing this week? Um, mostly, mostly, I have been playing Trials. Ah, yes. Which I would love to say is because I'm having the absolute time of my life. And it is. It's a small caveat. It is a really good Trials game. It's better than Fusion. It's back to how good Trials HD was and Evolution. But it's got the worst implemented grinding system ever and i'm not gonna go on off about it now you can read about it in my review funny enough but it's taking the absolute fun out of it the mid game oh i've just been spent the last two hours grinding for one level that's how bad it is um so yeah i've been playing that um uh, what else i've been playing uh batman arkham city again because it's fun oh nice and i recently got devil may cry 5 which is Ooh. amazing um, it's a return to form. I don't understand why everyone hates the DMC reboot because I quite liked it. Mm. Um, all right, the Edge Lord thing was a little bit played out, but it was fun. But the new one is back to form. It's giving me the same kind of uh, like teenage glee as the first one did 18 years ago now. Goodness me! First Devil May Cry is 18 years old. That's crazy. So what I've been, I tried out the demo and I, I thought it was really interesting and exciting. And I thought, I have never played a Devil May Cry before, so I didn't really know what to expect. Um, what makes it such of a leap from the previous ones? Um, I think because it's, uh, to coin a phrase, like back to formula. I mean, the first one, I don't know if you're aware or not, came as a failed sort of sequel to Resident Evil 3. Mm-hmm. Not, not as a failed, it was just, it was too much of a diversion. Uh, and they said, tell you what, let's just redress it as another game. And because it was something different at the time, we didn't have Bayonetta's and uh, Vanquish and all that back then. It was just 
it was different for all the right reasons. Um, and then two, we don't really sort of talk about three. Um, <laughs> three was just, it was good, but it was insanely hard. I mean, more often than not, it's normally the Japanese versions of games that get the hard version. And we then get it in like game of the year versions. But this was the opposite. The American one, or the, sorry, the Western one was like crazy hard. Uh, Devil May Cry 4 was the first one on 360 and it was all right. It was bogged down by some weird board game sequence thing in it. And then, of course, Devil May Cry Reboot was more of the same, but with a new-ish restyling. So this one is just, I don't say like a hark back because it is a sequel, but it plays like the first one. It's got that gothic look to it. It's got the over-the-top, you know, skateboarding on rockets kind of madness, really, that, mm -hmm. that we love it for. Awesome. It's been getting some uh, some crazy reviews, and yeah, uh, I was a bit on the fence, but um, yeah, no, I'm I'm enjoying it. Awesome! I'm glad it's uh, living up to those expectations. Um, it, I guess it will tie me over until uh, Sekiro comes out on Friday. Sakuro, am I right? it's I only say this because I suck at Bloodborne and Dark Souls. Ah, so you just vent it on people that enjoy it? Oh, you're one of those people. I do. Yeah, I am. I am one of those people. I'll well, never be never, good. At... They're better at this game than I am, so it's game's fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm I suck at it, so therefore it's a terrible game. I no, I'm 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 with you on that. Um, you do suck at it. No, I'm I used to be. Yes. I absolutely hate Dark Souls, and someone lent it to me once, and I didn't realize it was Demon Souls's spiritual successor. And someone lent me from work, and I had one go, and it went, "What is this?" And about <laughs> two hours, I just went, "Ah, nuts to it." And I didn't realize Bloodborne was the same team as well. So I borrowed that, didn't like it. And then someone bought it for me for my birthday. And I was like, well, I guess I kind of have to finish it now because, you know, manners and such. And that just changed my mind. I nearly platinumed it. I mean, that's how much I love Bloodborne. So you could. Yeah, I mean, it's not... The lack of review copies is... I think it's fair to say that should be a concern. What, Sekiro? Yeah. Yeah, but then they did the same with um with Bloodborne as well. Not not to the letter of um review copies as such, but they kept it so under wraps that the initial premise was that you fight, you know, sort of werewolfy slightly supernatural enemies. And then mm -hmm. when the game came out and it was like, No, it's otherworldly demons and ancient ones and it's like, Oh Christ. Okay. <laughs> so um they might be going for that. I mean we we've got the basic story tenet down of uh, of Sekiro, and it might just be like a second act shift that makes it supernatural and God knows really. So hmm. who knows? Okay, I mean visually it looks very impressive. It's uh, being published by Activision. Yeah, those... I hope they don't loot box the hell out of it. Those wonderful folks. I think <laughs> the the consensus right now is the lack of review copies means there's some hidden hidden microtransactions in there somewhere, but. Yeah. We shall see. No one really knows for sure yet. Exactly. We, we can't play the we can't play the guessing game until we see it. We can't, and it's not far away either, is it? Nope. What, it's a couple week. weeks. It's no, it's, it's Friday. Week. Sorry, it's twenty second. Oh my god. Yeah, it's five days away. Not that I'm counting. <laughs> too many games around at the moment. Too many games. Um, talking of too many games, Sean, what have you been playing this week? Um, just before I, I get onto that, I just want to talk about Trials for a second. Okay. Because I, I watched I watched the a stream of the new Trials game. Um, and this guy was grinding out levels just like Greg had been doing, and he he finally got up a level. And when you get up a level, you get you get you unlock the academy, is it? You unlock um, new academy levels, yeah. 
yeah. So, so this guy unlocked an academy level, and he'd been grinding out this level, just one level, and it was all about, basically, you had to bunny hop, and it was like, there's, there's no way you could be able to do this level without bunny hopping. And then he, he unlocked the next level, got to the academy, and the academy tutorial was all about bunny hopping. <laughs> like, you cannot get to this level without knowing how to bunny hop, and yet here we are playing a tutorial about how to bunny hop. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 it's weird. The progression in it is just... I just I'm not going to like hijack your uh, your bit, but yeah, the, the the structure in it is very weird. With with fusion, um, where it well with all the trials things, you have like groups of tracks, so you must earn like so many medals, normally gold, to unlock the next tier of tracks. And what fusion did, they put the when you get to the next set of tracks, they put another lesson in there, a bit like the um, Gran Turismo driving school licenses. Yeah. You had to finish that driving lesson to do the missions. Sorry, tracks because you needed to. But with yeah, with the academy, you have to hit a certain level requirement to unlock the next mission, as you say. But you can do some of the other harder missions. Well, you say missions tracks. Um, you could do some of the earlier and easy and medium tracks that you need to bunny hop in before you can unlock bunny hop mission. Uh, academy. <laughs> so oh, it's it's just a weird, stupid logic. It's really, it's really kind of made me just want to bin the game off now, and it's annoying because I love trials. Yeah. It's something that's that seems to very um, ingrained within Ubisoft right now, is the whole levels, microtransactions, loot boxes, like yeah. everything now has these things in, like trials. I thought there's no way, there's no way they're gonna put loot boxes in, but hey, hey, there they are. It's like trying to defend a murderer and you're defending his innocence whilst he's stabbing someone behind you. And you're like, <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's fine. Like how much more can you defend something before you go? <laughs> I'm done. It's, oh. Yeah. I'm not saying Trials has murdered my hopes or anything, but I'm getting fed up with it, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Sean, uh, continue. Um, well, th- th- this kind of leads nicely. I've, I've been playing a bit of um, Far Cry New Dawn. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, um, yes. so I, I obviously recently reviewed it, but I just want to go back and see if I could get the Platinum Trophy, and I, I've rage quit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just too... They, they really know how to make the grind. So that game, I've defended Ubisoft a lot in the past, you know, the whole Assassin's Creed levels and, um, you know, they, they it's much better if you buy the XP um, exploits from the store. I didn't find that. I thought it was worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so like, I've defended Ubisoft a lot, but I cannot, like, we're getting to the point now where you look at it and go, the only reason that I am playing this game now is because I, I would otherwise have to pay four ninety nine. And this is this is not this is not great. Um, and otherwise, I've been playing the Division Two, which is really great. But still, why the freaking loot boxes? Why? why I mean, but... they're not. There's not many of them. There isn't no, but I, just like, I mean, for for a for a four fifty pound game that's you know as big as it is probably going to be, and I understand that they make a lot of money out of loot boxes and microtransactions, but still. It's it's one like I I have defended like so many developers over like microtransactions you know and and again s- some games will not survive without microtransactions you know like you look at the Odd World New and Tasty game and they had that like little DLC app, um, add-on which was like two pound that was all profit you know fair enough oh, yeah. yeah it was like Alf Story I think it was like um it was an extra bit of DLC that came with the game okay um. 
totally on board with that. Would defend that with my life. That's like two pound pure profit for an indie and a small developer. Yeah. But like with Ubisoft, you think like you're really sticking these things on things that don't need it anymore. And I'm really, really worried about everything that's coming out. Well, here's a, um, here's a prime example of that is Capcom. I mean, they're on an absolute high right now, but they have been uh, notoriously, notoriously ugly with the whole, like, let's take Street Fighter, for example. Yeah. Um, Street Fighter 4, I absolutely love. I've put, like, 300 plus hours into it. And the only... They, they crafted out a little bit when they when they updated the arcade version, you had to pay for that, but then they updated it for free for the ultra version. So they kind of redeemed themselves on that. And the only sort of microtransactions available were the costumes and they are purely cosmetic. And I don't mind doing that because it's like, haha, I've got Vega dressed as a bee. It doesn't give me any pros or cons in battle. And then Street Fighter, uh, Street Fighter Tekken came out and that had the whole gem system and that just tanked. That was just, you know, yeah, that was, that should have been the warning signs then. And then you've got Street Fighter five, which I can't defend because You've got the seasons with characters. You think they would have learned when they put like on character uh, characters on disc behind paywalls with Street Fighter? <laughs> yeah, that, that should have been you know. But then Street Fighter Five comes out, and you've got your season pass. You've got your season one characters, two, three, stupid amounts of costume packs for like fifteen quid a pop. So the base game is going to cost you about thirty quid now for the arcade edition, and I guess you season one and two characters. But if you wanted the full shebang, like ninety quid plus. Yeah. And that's for characters I'm not even going to use, or I'm not. I'm not even going to know if I want to use them because you've got to play them to get used to them. Mm. Oh, it's just bananas. It's, it's it's how endemic that this need to rinse money out of people has become. It is pretty scary. Um, I mean, on a completely opposite like spectrum, I'm also playing um, the Walking Vegetables, which is just like. <laughs> The cutest little like indie game with like no thought of monetization at all, and like obviously it's not going to sell well. It's from Merge Games. It's like a twin stick shooter about a, it's like eighties aesthetic where you've got murderous alien vegetables blowing stuff up. Say again. Is this the one I couldn't redeem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, wow, I the twin stick shooters in eighties. Ah, oh, what? I know, I know. So like you basically turn up. You're this bald guy um, with a handlebar mustache who turns up in a DeLorean. Um, and then shoots these vegetables that come at you from from right, left, and centre. It's um, uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it is that pretty cool. That sounds fun. It's like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, but yeah. Um, and it's got this roguelike element to it. So if you die, um, obviously you go back to the beginning, but you there's there's certain pickups that you can carry through between deaths, and uh, occasionally you'll meet a ghost of a run past. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> they'll offer you things from the last time you died, like like a Wheel of Fortune style game. Um, it's a hell of a lot of fun, but obviously it's it's nowhere near marketed as much as like anything Ubisoft are, and there's no microtransactions at all. The moral of the story is go and play some indie games, folks. Support <laughs> your local publisher. There you go. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> uh, Ross, what about you? What are you uh, trying to play? Um, I've just been finished uh, playing Beat Cop, oh, yeah. uh, which uh, landed on consoles uh, this week. Um, our review should be live tomorrow, hopefully, or Tuesday. Um, it's it's a good time. It's a good time. It's um, I don't think consoles are its rightful home. I think that um, the game's popularity upon PC has kind of encouraged the 
the the uh, publishers and the developers, and rightly so, to kind of release it to a wider audience on consoles. But it's it's just a PC game. It really is. I mean, the the PS4 controls are fine. You know, it's done well. But it's you just know that everything would just be a lot more a lot smoother with a mouse and keyboard. A bit like that. Um, this is the police that I was playing. Yes. Uh, yeah. But it, lo- it looks very much similar to that kind of aesthetic. It is similar to that in a way, but it is fun. I mean, there are there are elements of it which can be. It's set in the 1980s and it's set in New York, so it's got a this level of kind of authenticity which it doesn't really need. It kind of has there's a bit of racism in there, there's a bit of sexism in there, and it kind of threw me a little bit. It's quite toned out for 80s New York. <laughs> yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit. Um, it's it's kind of a bit too. Uh, and they 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 lean into it an awful lot, and it just kind of takes me out of the game a little bit. But it is fun, and uh, it's like I said, it's going to get a, a big audience, I'd imagine, on consoles. And I'm thinking it's probably going to be more fun on the Switch because I think it's one of those games you can jump into at any point rather than sitting for hours on a sofa playing it in one go. Um, but it's it's certainly uh, certainly fun, and I hope hopefully the review uh, attest to that uh, this week. Um, also, been playing uh, the Division Two. Uh, which I'm having a real blast with, actually. I'm really, really enjoying it. I haven't kind of thought about it too much in terms of like the critical eye, but I'm just having a good time with it. Is it I was. Um, would you say it's buried Anthem for you? Oh, I've forgotten that game even exists. To be honest, <laughs> Anthem is has uh, fallen off my radar. It's been deleted off my PS4, primarily because I needed space for for uh, Division Two. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's gone now. It's just. It's what Anthem is trying desperately to be, and it's doing it in so much better. Um, the one thing that is always, I think, a bit off-putting about the division is its UI and its menus because they're so expansive and they're so extensive. And one of my biggest complaints with Anthem was moving through the menus and how terribly designed they were. Um, the difference is the division is very similar in terms of how much information it's throwing at you at any one moment. Um, especially when like you finish the mission, you go back to your base of operations, and you just gotta just pile through tons of menus in order to upgrade your things. But it's in a weird way, it's just fun to do that. It's fun to upgrade your stuff, and it's fun to find like new loot and go, oh, I can actually upgrade that now, and I can move that back. And you find yourself sitting there making that aspect of the game kind of like a game in itself, because you're replacing things here and there, and you're, you, it becomes a very cathartic thing to do once you finish the. A hefty mission like i took on a mission today and it was it must have been about probably 70 75 minutes of my life that i just took playing this one mission yeah. and i was just sort of relieved when i finally finished it i died a few times it probably is the extent of how long it took you know I'd, I'd leave the mission and i'd go back to my base and i'd get a new skill unlock and then i just find myself just spending 20 minutes just messing around with my weapons and my armor and my knee pads and just really dumb things like that but for some reason it's just kind of fun and it kind of extends across the rest of the game the washington dc is a beautiful open world and it's kind of gone in the far cry new dawn sort of way where they've taken like a post-apocalyptic situation and they've just turned it into something that's a bit more colorful and a bit more vibrant rather than just like the the kind of grayness and dampness of what um new york was in the original division and it's um, it's kind of a fun place to explore, and from what I hear, it's like a it's like a to scale recreation of Washington in in full, which is quite amazing, really. So for me, it's really really good, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it, and I hope to be playing it for for months and months to come. I might even get it at some point. Oh, that'd be nice. 
<laughs> That'd be nice. Uh, Sean and I did some co-op the other day, and it's it's obviously the game comes alive when you have someone else with you. Yeah. Um, and it you know it, you get a lot more out of it when you play it with someone. But as we discovered, the uh, the <laughs> the difficulty spike is quite something. Okay. It's um, I don't know if Sean can uh, can speak to this more, but it was just it was a real shift from single player to multiplayer. Oh god, yeah. So uh, it's as soon as you throw a second player into the mix, it seems like enemies become um, far more aggressive, uh, more plentiful, and um, I'm pretty sure they get harder to kill. It's just like the the night and day. There's some missions that I did previously uh, on my own and just kind of walked it. It was really not difficult. And then you think, ah, two players, this should be loads easier. Hell no. No, 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 no. It's like they just throw everything at you. And it is so much more fun, but also like such a challenge. I mean, we had some uh, moments in the first one, didn't we? But then I oh, think yeah. I was very low level compared to you guys. <laughs> and they like to, they like to pick on me, didn't they? Yeah, our mascot, Greg the mascot. <laughs> yeah. Following us around, I'll get you some health, guys. It'll be fine. You crack on without me. <laughs> it was just a, it was a. Oh, I just walk out the corner. Bleh, oh, I'm down. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was fun. Well, I, I, I had fun with that. I think I just came in very sort of like late game with you guys, and then it kind of fizzled out for the hype for the new one, isn't it? Yeah. Which I could yeah. have bought, but I bought every car instead because I'm selfish like that. That's all right, man. You buy whatever you want. It's not a problem. I'm not going to make you buy anything. But if you don't buy it, then you're dead to me. <laughs> There's no rush. You've got plenty to play, it would seem, with Devil May Cry and Sekiro. Yeah. I've said there's quite a lot of um, endgame with uh, Division as well, isn't there? Yeah, they've made a really big deal about it. And I'm nowhere near it. I was saying to uh, to Sean when we were playing, I'm in no rush at all with this game. I'm going to... I finished a mission today and I unlocked like another eight side missions. And so... The game will keep you busy for a long time, and that's even before you get to the very end. So, plenty to do. No rush at all with the division. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then I've also been playing a bit of Tetris 99. Oh yes, nice. Good lord, that thing is intense. <laughs> I mean, I'm a bit late to the game now, but Jackie's been playing it an awful lot, and she's getting really, really good. The weird thing is about it is you think you're a good Tetris player. You spend your whole life thinking, yeah, I can play. Tetris. If someone took me on, I could probably take it down. And then you play with 98 other people, and suddenly you're not that good. <laughs> suddenly, that is that is it all falls out of your head in a nutshell, isn't it? That's not, yeah. not that's just not Tetris. <laughs> yeah, it's just gaming as a whole, I guess. Yeah, I've done but, this level on hard. I'll be fine. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but is it is a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun elements which make it competitive as well, and. You can think, you know, you can you can get second and third and then fourth and then second again, and then your next six games are like eighty fifth or eighty fourth. You know, <laughs> there's no there's no there's no level to it at all. But it's uh, it's a lot of fun and uh, it's free if you have it's free if you pay for things. You know what I mean? It's free if you pay for Nintendo Switch Online, which is like twenty pound a year, so it's not too bad. Oh, it's like the whole games of gold thing, isn't it? It's free. No, it isn't. Yes, it is free. <laughs> And these games suck because they're free. No, they're not free. Oh, no. oh. Yeah, no, nobody will really ever un- truly understand whether or not they're actually paying for these games or not. Yeah. I, I love I love when they put announcement posts about what games are going to be this month and you just know the first few comments are going to be, oh, this lineup's terrible. 
yeah. My only my only problem I've got is a, is a first world problem is obviously having like PS4 and Xbox, and I've got Game Pass as well. And the other thing that annoys me sometimes with Games of Gold and Game Pass and PlayStation Converts is when they go, "Oh, I have this game," and it's like, "Cool, I've already played it." <laughs> my favorite. Hitman season one, yeah, yeah. For example, just on PlayStation, it's like, cool. Had it when it came out on Xbox. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like when, uh, when like Major Nelson will tweet, right? Hey, hey guys, here's our free games for next month, and someone go, oh, I just bought that game yesterday. Fuck you, Microsoft. It's like what? Done <laughs> <laughs> the first swear of the podcast. There it I've is. Been, I've been watching what I've been saying as well, because I know I do have the mouthful of Sailor, but I was being careful. Ross has broken that too. Uh, yeah. this, this episode might not go live. You never know. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Just, uh, we can swear from now on. Okay, this is a this is a this is a adult rated podcast. But if you want to share it with your children, then please do. Just be just be wary. Just listen to it first and then say earmuffs when they're gonna um, when we're gonna say a naughty word. Yeah, maybe I'll say. Well, we we are. What are we? We're like twenty minutes into this recording now. Like, yeah. If if that was Paul, if Paul was on this podcast right now, hey Paul, we're thinking about you, buddy. Love you. That would have been twenty seconds. Twenty twenty seconds, and Paul <laughs> would have been fucking our mate. This is fucking shite, isn't it? Fucking microtransactions. You know, it's, <laughs> he'd, he'd have been all over it. That's like well, that's like an inherently London thing, isn't it? Complain about the traffic, the smoke, and swear every other word. Yes. <laughs> Paul is, well, I was is playing, I was playing Anthem, and it was, you know, it's all right. And, oh, mate, and, and then I got a fine, got a fine in the menus, and I can't find a fucking thing. <laughs> that is a really good, that is a really good um, impression, yeah. man. I see Ross has been done. Thanks, man. <laughs> I've done uh, podcasts with Paul. It stays with you. <laughs> Speaking of London, we true. are, um, we are going to be in London in a few weeks, aren't we, Ross? We are. We're going to EGX Rest. And we're going to go play some indie games, and I'm going to try not to uh, make an idiot of myself because I have a tendency to do that when I, I go to these yeah, things. Do it every step of the way. Yeah, I'm going to go to all these areas and go, "Hey, I'm hey, I'm Ross and Finger Guns," and they'll go, "Oh, hey man, how are you doing? I really liked your article on the indie games. Where's uh, where's Sean?" I'm like, uh. <laughs> Because you guys seem to really know about the game, so do you want to know about the? Uh, huh. Um, sure. Uh, no, EG Express is a lot of fun, and uh, I think I'm only doing the one day now due to uh, due to financial constraints. But um, yeah, it's going to be a fun day. I am hopefully going to be able to do two. So I oh my god! I know I should be able, I should be there Thursday and Friday. That'd be cool. I mean, I'm in. You know, I mean, I could pay like an extra ton for a hotel room, but I don't really want to. So I think if you keep at it, you can do resed in a day. I think maybe we'll see. <laughs> Between two of us, we should be all right. Yeah, yeah if, I'm looking forward to it. If you, if you if you make so I I did try to do this last year. If you make a list of the things that you actually want to play and find out where they are, and like as soon as you get there, it's so like you get your your menu, open it up, check where everything is. You can make a game plan and get like was it like sixty odd games the first day? Yeah. So, like, 60 games in a day is a lot. And I was super tired by, by getting home. And I was like, I was so full of energy when I got there. I was like, I was like I'm going to gonna write about every single one of these games. And I go back to the hotel. I was like, <laughs> I'm dying. So I tried to record a, a, a video message 
and fell asleep. So I had 12 hours of me sleeping on a keyboard recorded to my laptop. And and it was like the first minute it was just like, hi guys, I've been to Res and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> just drooling on the decks. Battery running out. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you, you can really, you can really like hammer Res um, because it's so small and because everything is so interlinked and um, everything's so easy to get to. You can really get through games quickly. Yeah. And as you're, um, as you're, also press this year. Whoop whoop. Then, uh, yeah, we can. We'll get some stuff uh, scheduled, and so that that makes it easier as well. Um, oh, it's a good time. It's a good time. We'll be, we'll be able to record a. Uh... Contrary to Ross, I don't actually mind London. So. Oh man, I hate London so much. <laughs> I hate it so much. It's the worst and best place in the world. Because everything is there. Everything is there. And so it's awesome, and it's great to run around in. But it's it's the navigation, it's the getting there. That's why I hate. I hate being near people on tubes, and I hate being near people on trains. And it's just a colossal effort to do anything in London. It's and like a Doctor Seuss thing that I hate being close on tubes. I hate being close on planes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we travel up uh, together, it'll probably be fine. But and I might be oh, grouchy once we get. Do I have to hold your hand if we go into tunnels? Nah, you're all right. Oh, We're safe in that. It's yeah. Once we're once we're, you want me to hold. Once we're <laughs> Jesus. Once we're off the tube and we're in Tobacco Dock and I can see Res, then I'll be fine. It's just getting there is an absolute ball ache. Nah, I'll be fine. Yeah. So um, on a positive you know, game, you have news this week. Gaming news this week. It's been super indie focused this week. Actually, there's a lot of cool stuff that's been uh, revealed. Is there anything that's caught your eye? Um, so the, like the only thing so... <laughs> we passed that on to both. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've been talking like over Sean for like, like five minutes, so you know. No, no, I'm just enjoying you talk shit. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, like so, this week I've been kind of out of it. I've been staying away from everything. To be honest, the only thing that I've really caught up on is kind of the Google rumors, um, because. Seriously, this week's been kind of weird, but like that's kind of the hot thing right now. I think, I think everybody's kind of holding their breath, seeing what Google are going to do next. Seeing as though they seem to be going big and potentially going home, you know, depending on what they show this this next week. So it's it's going to be a really interesting um, event. If you haven't caught up and you don't know what's happening, uh, Google uh, Google themselves are going to be at GDC uh, this week, the Game Developers Conference in the US of A. And they are planning a full-on conference. They've got Ubisoft there. They've got Amy Hennig there. Uh, I believe they've got Jake Redman as well. Jake Redman is the, the new VP, isn't she, of Google? She is. Um, who was formerly at uh, EA. EA? Yeah. EA, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so this looks like Google are taking some major steps to announce something huge. But the thing is, no one really knows what it is. And so what do we think? What do we want from a brand new console if it is indeed a brand new console? And do you see yourself purchasing another console should it live up to these wild expectations that Google are already prepping us for? Sean? Um. I, I don't know. Do you know, I, whatever Google come out with, they need to be incredibly competitive with because we've already got three really successful people 
like companies in in the market right now. Nintendo have got their thing going on. Sony, are, you know, market leaders right now, and you've got you know Xbox, which is you know a bit lagging behind a bit. This, but they've made a lot of really smart moves this last two years to try and write that you know tanker. And the, a lot of moves right now are focused on keeping people within that ecosystem. So you know Sony with the constant first pers- first party games, Xbox with the services. Um, Nintendo being basically the home for now indies and being the only portable console out there that's worth a penny and it's Google have to come up with something completely different or be incredibly cheap to really shift that because there's so many lock-in techs now you know you look at trophies and achievements you look at the services Google have really got to come up with something really 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 exciting to break that and if if it's if it's a streaming box, if it's you know another Genkai, if it's another Atomic, if it's another you know another streaming service, it's it's been done before, and um, no matter how much they they splash on a big reveal trailer and getting like publishers and people to turn up to the press conference, if it's not exciting, it will be the Xbox One reveal all over again. You know that was a train wreck. You know, the, despite people being excited, but that reveal was freaking horrible. <laughs> but, the DRM, you know, lock to your console, no sharing, no trade. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it was basically, look, look at how we can snap between these two TV channels. What about the game, son? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and What about know, the games? That, yeah. <laughs> It, it, was, it, it, was, was, like, it wasn't like a mic drop in the I win sense. It was like a mic drop in yeah, running away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was it. And, and you know, Google have really got to either provide something which is totally different because there's already so much stuff out there right now. Mm-hmm. Or, or they've got to come in and be incredibly competitive with the price. And if they come in and say, okay, £100 streaming box and £10 a month for all the games you can, you can possibly desire and we'll have new releases on there then they're a winner. You know, they're going to, they're basically stamping all over everyone else's plans. But otherwise, it's kind of, it's kind of a non-issue because everyone else has already got most of the market sewn up. Yeah. That's the, that's the interesting thing. I mean, when you say they've got to go big, what do you think they have to do? Is it, is it just prices? Is it, is it exclusives? Is it um, partnerships with major developers and major publishers? Is it acquiring IP? What do you think is like the next big step that they need to take in order for this thing to be taken seriously? Well, it depends on what it is because if it is just a streaming box, and you know, a lot of people are saying it is a streaming service, and that would make sense. Google is a, you know, an e-business; it's all online, and that would make sense. If it is a streaming service and they have exclusives, then it will already have you know a, a an audience because people like Google, you know, despite mm. them being this kind of weird faceless company that kind of knows everything about everybody. Um, people like, <laughs> people love that though. You know, it's, it's the company that makes everything so much easier for you. You know, you can have just talk to a circle thing on your table and it'll tell you what the weather's like without yeah. having to look out the window. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bravo Google, bravo, really. But you know, it's, it's, it's all to do with the fact that if, if they really want it to be big, They've got to spend as big as everyone else. And Google have really deep pockets. They've got to get exclusives. They've got to be in the right place at the right time at the right price. Um, and they've got to be able to um, 
play nice with the rest, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. there's 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 a an un, unwritten law between the, the existing console, you know, manufacturers. They they all kind of play nice with each other right now. Um, they're not they're not being the shits they were, you know, twelve years ago in the PS3, Xbox Three land, yeah, Xbox Three Sixty land. We don't want another Ouya, do we? No, we, we you know it's it's just got to be it's got to be a decent offering, but also at the right price. And if they have got exclusives, they've got to make sure that they are the right. They are the right ones. You know, there's there's apparently Crystal Dynamics are going to be there, and we know what Crystal yeah. Dynamics make. You know, it's <laughs> if if Team Root is going to go exclusive somewhere else again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what a disaster. It's so in, so interesting. Every time I think of new consoles that aren't the big three. I'm all for the change and optimism and stuff like that, but every time I ever think of one, my mind always goes to the uh, Gizmondo. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just this natural knee-jerk reaction. Not techno fear. I'm not afraid of anything new. But I always think like, oh, a new console. Oh, I remember the Gizmondo. That was a train wreck. Oh, it was a car crash even. But um, <laughs> yeah, God, I remember we had one in store. We were demoing it. Uh, we were listening to the rep, like, you know, how much is it coming out? And how and he was like, uh, I, don't know, I don't know yet. Cool, thank you. <laughs> that's good information i can pass on to our yeah. to our clientele yeah i mean they 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 dropped a very kind of uh deep and this uh this gdc trailer which was a a slow shot of all these very lovely locations um slowly sort of moving towards um an entrance which i guess either signifies that google are about to give birth to something or <laughs> You know they have something pretty, pretty major in their ranks. I mean, I was saying to um, to Sean the other day that the visuals that were on that trailer, I mean, if that is representative of anything, this isn't going to be just a streaming box because there's there's no is there anywhere on earth that can that has the streaming capabilities to create that kind of level of of, of visual fidelity, and I don't really know to be honest, unless you're in San Francisco or. You know, this might be a US only thing. Who knows? Because that's the only place in the world where it can probably run at this present moment. Mm. So there's 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 a lot to unpack and there's a lot to be, I think, concerned about. Because if it is just a streaming box, then it's just going to fail right at the right out of the gate. Because I think we're getting closer to that, but we're just not there yet. I mean, I've got like PlayStation Now. I think if if you've got a stable internet connection, PlayStation Now is is good. It's not great. It's not brilliant by any means. It's just kind of good and I mean, I keep. I wanted to stress test it, so I've played Sonic Generations, and something that I knew was like you know, the frame rate was 60 FPS, and you could just tear through it, and it's super fast, and it was just laggy, and it was just crap, and it really kind of took me out of the the thing. So my internet isn't gonna be able to handle that, and I I'm excited for this because I love new games and new innovations, but there's there's a lot to be worried about. If it's a console, then great. If it's digital, you can download as a big old hard drive, then fantastic. But I don't know, streaming only still feels like it's a bit of a way off. Uh, Greg, what do you think about the Google-ness? I uh, really haven't kept up on it, to be honest. Um, so I'm a bit of a redundant one on that one. Uh, great. Thanks I for coming know. on. I was just... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, take, I'll, take, I'll take my leave now. Um, no, I mean, 
it'd be interesting, like you said, if it is hard drive. I just don't want another repeat of like when they released the base 360 consoles that had like what four gig of storage, and the yeah. PS3s that had 12 gigs, and three gig of that was you know software and bloatware and stuff like that. It'd be interesting to see if they do release it with the sort of demanding capacity on the unit itself. Yeah, I've uh... being like like for example, division being you know. 90 gig and such yeah i mean that's the thing i mean they were earlier last year they were trialing uh project stream which was um a thing where you could go into a google web browser and just stream assassin's creed odyssey and i think it was fine for some but it wasn't great for others and if that is an indication of them kind of testing what this could be then i don't think it's going to be something worth getting excited about at least not yet anyway uh, Greg, I've thrown the uh, Google GPC trailer into the conversation, if you want to have a nose. Um, if you haven't seen it already, but if you want to have a look, it's there. Uh, yeah, I shall. Um, but not right now, because I'll probably get distracted while I'm talking. Which is... Well, you know, if you just... Not uh, it's, thing to do. <laughs> it's not very long, and you can watch it without uh, without audio, then, uh, then okay. crack on. All right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's so much to be excited about, but I think there's there's a lot to be kind of pretty apprehensive about as well um do you think there's there's room for another another triple a console in the market sean um no and that's why i don't think this is a console i i I think google are kind of they're making a smart move and basically saying um this is a service um there will be a box that you can buy but this is more of a service and if you look at what everyone's doing right now you've got ea going into streaming you've got um, Xbox with the X Cloud, you know, Forza on mobiles. Yeah, you know, it's 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 crazy. Basically, everyone's going into services and going into online, and they they are staying away from traditional hard light, hardware cycles. I don't think Google want to get involved with that. I don't think anyone really wants to stay locked to that anymore. Um, I think it's more to do with. Google saying, right, we were going to provide a service. And they, they, they are the first ones, basically, um, if this is what people are saying it is, that will be laying their cards on the table and saying, this is what we can offer. Um, and let, let's hope that's what it is. Otherwise, we're going to have lots and lots of more misty-eyed opinion pieces across the internet, the same <laughs> as we've got with every other bloody streaming service at the minute. Which oh, one is better? Bring I, it's just I'm going to sound really old-fashioned, but I, I'm i not against streaming boxes and things like PlayStation Now and stuff like that, but I, I'm still a physical man. I still like buying physical games. <laughs> I'm a physical man. To clarify that. Well, I'm trying to finish my second. <laughs> Before you pick up on that. Um, uh, yeah. Greg is a physical man. Do not, just to, uh, you're going to clip that now, aren't you? I am. Um, I am. It's over. Just, just edit it. It just says, I'm a man. Um, <laughs> I still like buying physical games and stuff like that, and and Blu-rays and CDs and vinyl. So I'm not against the streaming thing. It just it doesn't light my pants on fire. I just really just like, all right, cool. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it's gonna inevitably go that way in the future anyway. Streaming boxes, streaming games, because of the future and all that and innovation. But it just doesn't interest me at the moment. Fair enough. Do you know what's Do you know what's really weird? Right, I, I've been basically digital only for how many years now well, like five years six years yeah, probably since the launch of the ps4 i'd imagine like 
for for as long as I can remember, like recent memories, I haven't bought a disc. I just have not. But the fact that they've managed that, like, I will not subscribe to a, a streaming only service because I, I like the option, yeah. and I like the fact that brick and mortars, mortar stores, and the physical kind of release is still anchoring things to real world. So, like. For example, you look at some of these games now, so many developers and publishers, especially the big publishers, are turning games less into a game and more into a a um, product, into a service that they can provide to you. You know, entertainment for an hour or so. And, you know, having that kind of the physical copy is still kind of like, okay, well, we still need to put this in a, in a, in a box. We still need to sell it for a reasonable price in a reasonable shop. We can't just, you know, go off... In, crazy and start having these weird chaptered paid like 12 pound for every four hours or whatever for infinite amount of chapters these are the things that you know like this the physical boxes are restraining they are stopping developers and publishers going crazy with monetization in the subscribing land you know it's it's weird how how this this might change a lot of things in and and the gaming landscape if things start to become like games being designed to be streamed yeah like it's no longer a game it's just a 200 hour walk it's red dead redemption but without any action you know these these things that will start to exist because people want content it's netflix you look at some of the shit that's come on there in the last two years to like episodic weren't they you know yeah and if you chapter of red dead redemption watch as we do this yeah it's it's these these things will become possible, but also like things will get made because things need to be made. There needs to be something new for you to stream. And you look at Netflix and some of the crap that's gone on there. You just think, Jesus Christ! Like mm-hmm. people paying for this. Like which which person at Netflix greenlit this? <laughs> and then you know this is this is where we might be heading with this the streaming world. Well, there you go. Ah, rant over. The old, the old men have got enough oh. sentence about. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> well, you right. You're you're like a few months younger than me, so you can't really counterpoint that. Yeah, but I'm. I feel like I'm more of a glass half full in this particular uh, topic. I don't think it's. I don't think we're. It's time for streaming yet at all. I think primarily having the option is the best way to go, and that's what that's the beauty of Xbox Game Pass, is that you can you have to download everything, and that's fantastic and that's perfect um and that's what sets it apart from playstation now i think and that's what makes it a much better service more value for money service but you know it is it is going to happen and it's inevitable that eventually physical games will stop regardless of audience outcry um because that's just uh the way of the future um it may not be the next generation it might be the one after if there is a one after so you know you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get ready for it, guys. I'm afraid, especially you, Greg. You're gonna have to get ready for this. The greater good. The greater good indeed. Uh, right, moving on to another piece of news that caught my eye uh, this week. Gearbox are teasing Borderlands Three. Yeah, with a not so subtle uh, <laughs> picture, but I just thought it was brilliant. Yeah, uh, pretty sure we all know what that may be alluding to. Tales in the Borderland Two. <laughs> Who's making that? <laughs> uh, I, I really, I genuinely liked uh, Tales of Borderlands. 
Uh, Tales from the Borderlands is my all-time favourite Telltale. It is absolutely stunning from beginning to end. I love it. And uh, I would I would kill for a sequel, but <laughs> given the situation, it looks unlikely. Yeah, RIP Telltale. <laughs> oh, Telltale, thanks for the memories. Um, so yeah, it's Borderlands 3. How do we feel about it? Uh, Greg, are we excited for Borderlands 3? Did you get into Borderlands 2? Is it time for Borderlands 3? Is it too late now? Have people moved on? Answer all of these questions for me. Go. Ah, 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 um. <laughs> yes, yes, no, maybe. Um, <laughs> I I absolutely love the hell out of the first Borderlands. Uh, I finished it through quite a few times. I capped it. I cleared it up. By the time the second one came out, I thought it was a case of too soon. Because I, I think it's like any kind of sequel fatigue. You are playing the same game with a better polish. Um, I think it was just too soon from the first one that I put. I just, I just got a bit bored of it. Um, so now that the grace period has sort of calmed down, I would welcome a Borderlands three. I quite like the look of it. Uh, well, I say quite like the look of it. I haven't revealed it yet, but I quite. When I saw that picture, I, my my thought wasn't oh, another Borderlands. It was like oh, interesting. Hmm. So yeah, providing this is that age old conundrum. Uh, I sound like everyone on the internet ever. I. Want it to be more of the same, but I don't want it to be the same game, and I want them to change it, but not change it too much. Ra ra ra. That is the kind of deep thinking analysis you can find on the Finger Guns podcast. That is that is uh, that is every every nerd online ever. Uh, change it, change it. Oh, you change it too much. Make it the same. Oh, you made it the same. Um, I will I will welcome it with open arms. Um, I will be happy for a Borderlands three, as long as there's no loot boxes. Oh, they'll be boxes. Uh, I, I am very excited. I, I adore Borderlands in all shapes and sizes, even the pre-sequel. Um, I, I have a big affinity for a lot of these characters because they just are there for the hilarity of the entire situation. And I don't think it's ever been taking itself too seriously. Um, so I'm, I'm quite looking forward to what Gearbox have got to show. I hope it's, like Greg said, not too different. Like obviously the cell shading is back because the the teaser shows the cell cell shading. Um, I hope there's big numbers when you shoot people in the head. Big numbers pop out of them and red and yellow and things, and that all the gear boxes are green. And there's general talks back, and um, there's lots of swearing and uh, occasional gore. That's what I want. Sweet. I'll take I'll take it. Uh, did you see that gearbox were um gearbox not aliens but marines gearbox. Uh, wow, yeah. yeah, but th- that's the thing. It's a Gearbox are also teasing another game. They have a second game teased. Yes, um, which nobody's really guessing, but somebody did say aliens, colonial marines, and um, <laughs> I think um, Gearbox liked the tweet, which. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there, so. there have been there have been there have been uh, examples of sequels, you know, turning it around. Come on, give me one example. I can't think of one right now. The where you go then? One, right, I'm sure there is one. Watch Dogs Two. Yeah. Yeah. Watch Dogs wasn't amazing. Watch Dogs uh, Two is fucking fantastic. Yeah, I'll allow that because I'll take your word for it. Um, okay. So uh, a cloning marines done properly would be good. We're probably not going to get an alien isolation too. Uh, so yeah, that's what I was thinking. Does does isolation not count as a follow up? No, it's a completely different. Uh, babies, really. I mean, like the Gearbox fiasco with Colonial Marines was one saga, and the Sega Creative Assembly 
Alien Isolation was just something different, but fantastic. And it's one of my favorite games. Oh, okay. Um, I, I love it, but I absolutely hate it. It takes like years off my life every time I play it because it just induces the stress so much. <laughs> um, don't let it don't let it put you off. If anyone has ever been on the fence about isolation, just go and play it. It's so good. It is. Um, and if you if you love the first two aliens films, which are the only ones that count, then you will absolutely love isolation. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um. And there's no screaming kids in it as well, because that's what ruins aliens. Ripley! Oh, that's nice. Fucking Newt just ruins that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, isolation is good. So back to the the Borderlands thing, then, yeah, if a gearbox can do a good gearbox, then that would be welcomed. We're not expecting a Borderlands Royale. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that, you know. I hadn't yeah, even considered the fact. Oh God, no! I mean, I think I, th- I think uh, we're getting a full Borderlands sequel. I think that's that's happening. Whether or not it's thrown in as an option or it's a free-to-play edition afterwards, who knows? Jesus Christ! But um, hey, <laughs> um, ruining things. Sorry. <laughs> ba- uh, Battlefield Five Real is uh, launching next week. Ring that's a thing. That- that's a thing that's still happening. Is that actually happening? Battlefield Royale? Uh, yeah. Uh, Firestorm or something. Ring of Fire. Yeah. It's, it's not called Ring of Fire. Ring of Fire. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it so is. That's, that's what they should have called it if they didn't. Ring of Fire. Available now. Battlefield Battle, 5. Battlefield of Broken Dreams. Um. <laughs> oh. Well done. I love it. Nice. Are you actually listening to anything we say, or are you just you staring at yourself, aren't you? Not myself, no. Oh, that's what I would do if I. What? Let's move on. Other gaming news, right? Yeah. What else have we got on the plate. Um... Uh, Turtle Rock are back. Oh, okay. Turtle Rock are uh, back with a pub uh, publishing deal with uh, Warner Brothers. Uh, releasing a game called Back for Blood, which currently has no trailer, no screenshots, and no concept art. So, uh, don't expect it anytime soon, but it seems to be a a homage to uh, Left 4 Dead. Um, the press release seems to suggest that this game is primarily aiming for release on current-gen systems, but also next-gen systems, and will maybe be a cross-gen title. It's been described as being designed from the ground up as an original premium title that miles the best of Left 4 Dead with new features. Effectively, a next-gen Left 4 Dead without being Left 4 Dead. So, are we excited about a brand new Left 4 Dead that isn't Left 4 Dead, but kind of similar to Left 4 Dead? Yes. Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll wait with bated breath and see what actually comes of it. But, uh, yeah, it could be. It could be interesting. Is there any need to get excited about this thing at all yet? Yes. Okay. Why? I, I have a theory. Um, we, we've we've not seen anything of any next gen game. We've not seen a trailer. We've not seen a screenshot. We've not seen anything, and that's because when when we they do these lead ups, they go out to publishers and they go out to all the developers and say, "Hey, would you like to show your brand spanking new game that would be on our next gen console, on our um on our like reveal show." You know, would you like to be involved with our launch and, you know, go out and see it? Now, 
I imagine it's been a long time since Evolve, um, since Turtle Rock did Evolve. Oh, I and about Evolve. Yeah, I, I don't Evolve as well. But... <laughs> I, I don't think they've been sat on their asses doing nothing. I think they've been developing this for quite a while. And I imagine this has been the game that, that's been kind of, okay, Evolve wasn't, you know, didn't didn't go well, but we're going to relaunch in, in what we know best. And I think that this is far further along than we can expect, but I just think that this is one of those things that's going to show up on the Xbox, whatever it is next reveal or the PlayStation 5 reveal. I just got a feeling that this is going to be one of those, and this is the game that's going to make your socks blow off. But I also feel like they've re- they've announced it early because somebody was going to blow the whistle. Okay, so getting out before it's out yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I've seen that a lot of this has happened in over this last two weeks. I don't know if you've seen that. Basically, like press releases have been going around left and centre because things have been slipping slipping out pre GDC. Um, so you know, there's 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 all the possibility that yes, somebody was going to blow the whistle. Somebody was going to announce it on behalf of, of Turtle Rock and, you know, spoil their fun. I think they just got ahead and got, got their message out before they can reveal the whole thing alongside a console. And I think it will be announced alongside the PS4, the PS5 or the Xbox 2 or whatever it's going to be called. That's my theory. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Maybe, a, maybe a launch title for the new systems? Potentially, or, or you know, close to launch. I just, I just, the, it, it fits. You know, the development window fits. If you've been developing for four or five years, you're going to be close to be finished now. Um, and if you're going to do cross gen, you know, you, you've got a game running on the existing gen, you can spice it up and put it on next gen consoles. So, yeah, you know, it, well, it's, 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 we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see soon enough. But I, I think it's closer to being released than people think it is. Well, by that logic, how great is the next Jubilee's going to be? That's been in <laughs> development forever. <laughs> it's definitely not going to be like Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, Lord. Or Last Guardian. I, I do like Last Guardian, but that game is a relic of the PS2. Playing. Greg, I, d- I just want to tell you something now. That we-, we used to have a bit of a thing on the-, the old PS Gamer podcast. We didn't get through a single episode of that podcast without Ross at least once referencing Jubilee's. And he seems to have carried that tradition on to the finger guns podcast. Oh yeah, because we <laughs> here we are again talking about G police. Oh. God, I love G police. In uh, in indie game news, um, this is a piece that I'm actually quite looking forward to. So selfish waffle going on here, and it's not that G police. Um, Hyperlight Drifter is one of my favorite games of all time. It's if you haven't played it, it's like a pixelated game in the vein of Link to the Past. Absolutely fantastic. Um, small development team. Um, Alex Preston, I believe his name is. Uh, it was written sort of semi-biographically about his battle with heart condition and stuff like that. Anyway, they've announced a new game, Solar Ash Kingdom. And all we've had at the moment is a 30-second teaser trailer. It doesn't give much away, um, but I'm already excited about it. Um, yeah. The press, the press release at the moment has just said it's not a sequel to Hyperlight Drifter. It's full 3D this time. And the chap who's done the score for the last one, which again is a beautiful audio experience, is back on board. There's not much about it at the moment, but I'm already wetter than an otter's pocket. So we'll see. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that in there. <laughs> 
That is wet. That is really wet. Uh, such a pub saying as well. Um, yeah, sorry, that was my indie news. for. No, very cool. I'm excited about that. And if you haven't played Hyperlight Drifter, I strongly advise it. I was... Uh, sorry, go on. It's, it's up there with sort of indie darlings like Fury and that kind of ill. Different kind of games, but they have that retro new aesthetic with just brilliant scores. And I can't recommend it any more than I can. Nice. Oh, talking of uh, exciting indies, The Messenger is finally launching on PS4 yeah. next week. Very excited about that. Yeah, um, that one did kind of slip me by to start with, but I'm kind of growing on it now. I'm looking forward to playing that. I was looking forward to playing The Sinking City next week, but that's been pushed back to June. That's the other Cthulhu one, isn't it? Yes. Which is the I one was I like... thought I was reviewing, and it wasn't. I got the other Cthulhu game that was based on the board game. Oh, yes. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. No, sorry, I just got confused because <laughs> I remember seeing the trailer for The Sinking City and going, ooh, and then the other one came out and I went, this is, what? oh, this is also quite interesting. But... And on, on The Messenger, um, when Sony announced it was coming to PS4, um, the EU PlayStation account tweeted, play The Messenger on this date, the um, love letter to 16-bit um, platformers. And the first reply to that tweet was, it's an 8-bit tribute, you idiots. So they deleted the tweet. And because, obviously, the messenger, you, sl- you, you flip. So you start an 8-bit. And as you progress through the game, you change into 16-bit graphics. Oh, obviously, yeah. changes the game. Yeah, so it, it flips between 8 and 16-bit. So, so obviously, this... The timelines of... Yeah, yeah. So it, it develops through... It goes through the different... And you can swap on the fly oh. to help change the um, aesthetic, to help solve puzzles. Yeah. Um so obviously, PlayStation saw that first repeat, that, that first tweet, deleted the tweet, and then tweeted again and said, "Play the messenger on this date." The eight-bit tribute to classic homage games, and the first reply to that was, "It's a sixteen-bit tribute, you idiot." <laughs> it's like, yeah. they, could, they could not win that. <laughs> there was no winning with the internet uh, idiots. I am looking forward to it. Um, it's going to be another love-hate thing for me because I. I'm struggling through Shovel Knight at the moment on the 3DS. Um, it's absolutely great, but it's difficult. And I suck at Celeste. I've tried it, and God, that is an infuriating game. I don't know if either of you two have played it. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard work, but... And then I yeah. see people doing not just speedruns, but I see people... Um, did You you know when you collect the strawberries, don't you? Yeah. And then you don't actually collect them until you've touched the ground. Yeah. But I've seen a video of a someone training... A, chaining like 42 strawberries whoa yeah and he's the only time he ever actually eats any is when the screen transitions and you've got that half a second where you have to stand <laughs> still and that he does obviously has to take one then but then he just carries on the chain and he's got a conga line of strawberries and i'm just like how have you mapped it out that you'll never you've never faulted on it i love celeste i think it's a master, masterful game it's some incredible level design and game design. But then again, it is supposed to be a dick. It's a game that's like, don't worry about dying. You're going to do it a lot. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> you, know, it's, you know, it knows what it is. And as much as that, that Dark Soulsian phrase is always overused, you know, it's the Dark Souls of such and such. It's just, it's not. It's just an insanely hard game. It's like ghouls and ghosts, you know. Yeah. It, it's it's sort of that coin-op era where they want you to put more money in, but it's not money. It's just your fingertips and hours of your life <laughs> your blood and sweat yeah. Yes. yeah and if you do break your pad that's 50 pound please going straight to sony no 
that's the only thing I've, i used to have a bit of a temper as a i, I broke a ps2 pad playing tekken 5 um and i think i threw it at a 360 pad once playing fight night but the only thing that stops me breaking a controller now is the fact that they cost like 45 quid each <laughs> and the fact that you can't ask your parents for one you know yeah you, you bake a ps2 pad controller back in the day you're like oh, mommy. <laughs> so I, was, I was living out at the time and i remember it being quite an event because it was playing against Jim Patchy, who was the final boss of Tekken 5. Spoilers. Um, he was just so <laughs> God, <cheap. laughs> it was just so cheap. And I didn't, I didn't just throw the pad. I grabbed it by the cable, and I was swinging it in the air at the time. And in my head, I was going, "Oh, this is going to cost me twenty quid," but I still hit the floor with it. <laughs> and it, it didn't just, it didn't just crack or anything. It exploded. It was like a crash test dummy of pads. You know, you hit the one bit. And just... <laughs> And then I moved into a, another room in the house I was sharing, and my mate moved in. And as he was putting stuff, he went, oh, look, there's an L2 button here. I was like, oh, yeah, my story. <laughs> it, it, I destroyed it. It just kablamo. I've never seen a pad come apart like that. So this is oh. what reminds me of things like Messenger and Celeste and Shovel Knight. I'm looking forward to it, but the same kind of, like, rage-inducing anticipation. Yeah, you've got uh, you've got to be a bit more... Uh... Careful with these expensive controllers. I know. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder why nobody's ever come up with like a stress ball controller, like one that you can squeeze, like a, a rubbery controller that you can really go to town on. Knowing my life, I throw it at the wall, it'd probably come back and hit me. And make me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's what you week. get, asshole. It'll be the Thor Ragnarok moment. Of... <laughs> <laughs> Something is releasing this week that caught my eye on March 18th. Is uh, Turok is coming to Switch. The original game from 1997. N64 Turok. Yeah. Oh, I hope they put the Cerebral Ball back in there. That was just the best weapon ever. Um, so I'm going to get really nerdy now, but uh, um, I, I think I find that was a addition to Turok 2, Seeds of Evil, oh, not Turok 1. I realised as I said it. Yeah. Uh, God, I hate myself. But uh, that's a thing that's happening. That's very exciting. It's a bit of a quiet week this week, uh, apart from uh, Sekiro, obviously, and the... Uh, the SNK 40th Anniversary Collection, which I thought has already been out this entire time, but apparently not. What? Seriously? It's, uh, like, isn't that isn't that out already? Um, it came out on Switch last year. It's now coming oh, to PS4. Oh, that's it. Okay. okay. Um, I always figured it was there because they they kind of release them weekly, don't they? These SNK games. Yeah. Uh, but now they're all coming together in one big collection. So, huzzah. Excellent. Okay. Um, I heard a breaking news. A new Sonic game is in development. It's going to be a movie tie-in, isn't it? It is going to be the movie tie-in. Oh, I good s- God. I so hope so. Like, <laughs> it's going to be, be, so be Sonic 06 over again, isn't it? Uh, yes! Oh, I can't wait! They were doing so well. Kind Sonic of. fan tears are the most tasty tears. They really are. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so good. Like Every other game is just great. Do you ever think they sit there in a board reading and they go, right, 2D good. 3D bad, and whoever writes that up there gets thrown out the window. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. There's a, um, there's a great article up on. Um, I shouldn't say this. There's a great article up on Finger Guns, believe it or not, um, about um, about Sonic uh, about Sonic Forces, uh, which Sean wrote um, when we played it. Um, when was it? 2017 now. And um, yeah, it's brilliant how it's it's a game that threw everything at the wall and didn't let anything fall to the ground and it's just this it sums up kind of modern sonic in such a great way and uh yeah this is me paying you a compliment uh sean for that line 
thanks very much. It's all right, man. That's a good article. Give it a read, people. It's fun. I believe I stole it off you. <laughs> Did you? So thanks very much. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's something ah. you said when we were playing into EGX. When we were playing Sonic Forces and you're just like, the, I, was, I walked away from Sonic Forces at EGX 2017. I was like, yeah, this seems cool. And you said, well, it just feels like they threw everything in the wall and everything stuck. And I was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> ah, okay, fine, I'll take it. That was me, all over. There you go. Thanks, everyone. Um, yeah, but I mean, there was like Sonic Forces was really poor, but Sonic Mania was absolutely stunning. So I haven't got around to playing it yet. Oh, dude, dude, you have to. It's magical. Um, it's it's one of my uh, one of my very few ten out of tens. Although I, I looked on our ten out of ten list and. I'm the one that's given the most 10 out of 10 so far on Finger Guns. I've given so. one, and we all know what that was for. Yeah! Attack of the Earthlings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Good old Resident Evil. Yeah. Good, Resident good new Resident Evil, even. I mean, is it is it new or the new Resident Evil? Are we are we expecting a Resident Evil 8, or is it are we just going to keep remaking of the classics now? Because um, they sell better, it seems. They said there is going to be a Resident Evil 8, but they said that it's probably going to be after Resident Evil 3. Don't fully quote me on that, but I think that's what the gist is, because everyone's gone, hashtag remake Resident Evil 3, and they've gone, yeah, well, we already are. And they went, oh. Yeah, wasn't this announced like a year ago that they were announced? No, I think it was, I think it was um, oh, Resident Evil 8 or Resident Evil 3. Resident Evil 3. Uh, I think it was always in the pipeline. I think it's the problem with the internet, isn't it? They go, we're remaking two, and everyone went, what about three? And that's how traction starts, isn't it? And then you hear one person going, they should. And someone else goes, I think they are. And then it just runs with it. Yeah. When two came out, and then everyone went, yeah, it's amazing, do three. And they went, well, we kind of already are. (laughs) Great. Well, do Dino Crisis then. And they went, oh, God, you'll never have it. Oh, yeah. Dino Crisis would be awesome. Dino Crisis would be awesome. Um, it, it, it's, I wonder how they do it, though, if they do it old old style or Resident Evil 2 new style. Mm-hmm. The, the premise, well, did you guys ever play it? Yeah. It, it was it was benefited with the fixed camera angle corners thing, because you can't see where a Velociraptor is jumping from. If it's third person, you're going to see it in Marlow. It's going to be Dead Space, isn't it? You're going to see it in Marlow. Yeah. You can't really be scary if you can see a six foot velociraptor if it's around the corner and you don't know where it is that's what makes it like oh, i can hear it but i think i think the, the way the way the game scare people has changed dramatically the one is it's not been like the whole fixed camera angles walk around the corner and then a raptor being there no they get it they, they go to like you walk around the corner you see the raptor the raptor darts away and you can then hear it for like 10 minutes stalking you before it eventually jumps out of a you know look at dead space like Dead Space was scary for all the wrong reasons. Like shit, things have just moved without you know, and nothing happens for like half an hour. You don't even fight, but you still patch pants like every day, like two minutes, for no reason. But you know what's you know, what absolutely terrified me about isolation though? It wasn't the alien because you can see it and it's like oh oh I'm I'm dead until you get like the flamethrower and you can just yeah essentially bat it on the head of a rolled up newspaper and it will run away. <laughs> It was the persistence. It was the androids that absolutely terrified me in that game. Really? Yeah, yeah, really. Not the alien, because you can go... I mean, you can evade it, but it will follow you into a van. The androids don't, but they are persistent. Um, it takes... Uh, to start with, it takes a lot to kill them. When you start getting more weapons, you can... Yeah. They start to gang up on you. But there's, uh, there's... There's a clip I've saved. It just made me 
laugh looking back at it at the time absolutely terrified me but there's one walking towards me and i threw a molotov cocktail at it and they've always got that straight monotonous voice and it just said i'm heat resistant to 2000 degrees and i'm like oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm being strangled by an android whilst he's on fire with that blank look on their face <laughs> like, and this is how i die <laughs> totally sexy that's what <laughs> while, while someone's blankly staring at me <laughs> strangled while they're on fire and being blankly stared at yeah but it's the same with outlast i can't play outlast it freaks me out because it's the persistent threat not the jump scare threat yeah um when something's following you uh it just i can't do it, it freaks me out like jump scares are one thing and resident evil i'm sort of desensitized to not the new ones there are some honorable moments in that but that's what freaks me out about that game is the tyrant following you Zombies, yeah. you could zombies, you could elude, but him following you in every room, and the more you run, the more he follows you. So you just make it a rod for your own back. But persistent terror freaks me out than jump scare terror. Like Dead Space, I'm numb to. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, it's an event again. <laughs> I remember the, watching a guy streaming Resident Evil Two. They got to a ladder, climbed down. It turned around and looked up at Mister X standing at the top of the ladder, and he's like, "Ha ha, you got to be able to jump there." And then he, <laughs> he jumped down the ladder. He's like, "Ah, crap, no." <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff i saw i saw one clip because there's a there's a bit in the library where you still the bookcases and tyrant's walking towards it and they've obviously completed it enough times they've got the rocket launcher but they point the rocket launcher at him and he just kind of nopes his way around <laughs> and i just yeah. thought that was i thought that was contextual because he won't walk he won't walk on the breakaway bit of the floor that you walk on even if you haven't broken it because obviously it's it's contextual and it will break but the bookcases that you stand on, I thought they'd be like a separate entity and he wouldn't be programmed. So I stood there like, ha ha, he's not going to, oh, Craig got me. <laughs> so, um, oh, yeah, that's... it's, we'll, we'll see if they do make Resident Evil 3. That was my original waffle. <laughs> and Ross is just sat there falling asleep now. We've killed Ross. Hi, everyone. I'm here. I'm listening. Ross has just rebooted himself. Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, Shout out to uh, to Capcom. I mean, they've absolutely crushed it this generation, haven't they? Really, they have. They they're on a they're on an absolute. Uh, starting really with probably Monster Hunter, I think last year. Yeah, well, Monster Hunter became their biggest selling game ever, or something, something uh, crazy. I still think Resident Evil Five is their biggest. Surprisingly, I think Resident Evil Five is like their biggest selling game ever. Street Fighter is the biggest. Selling to game the game internet. Da -da -da. Um, maybe Monster Hunter has taken it over. It was definitely the most popular. Uh, Western Monster Hunter ever, because they have been over here, obviously. But it's the one that really made people go, "Oh, cool!" And yeah, from then they've had obviously Resident Evil, um, Devil May Cry has done, you know, gangbusters. So it's they are on. I think they've, they've like I said earlier from the the microtransaction thing, they've gone on a bit of a strength to strength thing now. Mm. Well, according to FutureGameReleases.com, uh, the top five best-selling uh, Capcom games are Resident Evil 7, 5.1 million, Street Fighter 2, 6.3 million, uh, Resi 6 is 7.1, Resi 5 7.5, and um, Monster Hunter World at 7.9. Wow. That surprised me about Resident Evil 6 because it's shocking. It is, yeah, it's not the best. Yeah, but it, it was a um, wild one too. It was, <clears throat> obviously, 5 was like, we weren't all action y and co op y. And then they kind of went, yeah, they, they kind of went, okay, we're going back to what we what we know with six, and they didn't. They went to back, what they, you know, they just like, ah, oh, shit, we're just going to throw all this shit on the floor, um, and then you know, you'll you'll lap it up, cool. 
<laughs> yeah. Just, I've, I've gone to the same article that Ross had. It's staggering to see how like Monster Hunter World came out uh, early last year, seven point nine million. Resident Evil Five has been out for seven years, seven point five. So Monster Hunter surpassed Resident Evil Five in one year. Resident Evil Two has sold four point almost five million copies in the. That's crazy. That's, that's bananas, and that's the sequel as well. I mean, obviously for people like me who absolutely the first one, I'm going to be one percentage of that, but. There's got to be people that haven't played a Resident Evil before that have picked that up. That oh, yeah. That can't all just be based on nostalgia. That's got to be people yeah. of the series. And that's a sequel. So, Well done, Capcom. Exciting times. Whatever you got coming next? I don't know. Has anything been announced from Capcom that's coming out? Um, I don't know, really. I mean, there's the bloody palace modes coming to Devil May Cry 5, but as yes. Capcom games, I'm not entirely sure. Um, they've, they've probably earned the right to chill out for a few months, I'd imagine. Yeah, and I think they're doing the right thing now by like Bloody Palace is going to be free, for example. Cool, uh, very cool. Yeah, uh, they're allowing the mods for like Resident Evil Two to happen just because they're hilarious and it gets the game more traction. You know, like the um, Thomas the Tank Engine one, mm. and, the, <laughs> and the the DMX mod. I think is just brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is very good. Have a look on uh... my favorite line in that song is the. Uh, Knock, knock, open up the door, it's real. I think that should play every time he comes in the door. <laughs> <laughs> that would just be for me. If you just hear this, knock, knock, open up the door, it's real. It's behind me, isn't he? <laughs> so, Capcom things, we've still got the Ace Attorney trilogy coming out. Is it this month? Oh, yeah! I've never uh, yeah. Ace Attorney. Me neither. Uh, this is why I'm so excited about it, to be honest. Like, this, this seems like a really great time to jump into that series. Apparently, the first and the third are the best in the series. The second one's not as good. Um, sure. But but the, the first and third are apparently very, very good. And I've been told by somebody who's completed them all. Um, so that that's worth a pick-up. And also, obviously, we had a on Onimusha um, remake recently. Yeah. And that's obviously... That's that's what that's what the rumor mills on. You know, people are saying that if if this game sold well, that we'd get and get a third. So um, maybe maybe the third one was John Reno, which was awesome. And it's got I'm going to go on record and say this: it's got the best intro cinematic ever. Yes, well, Takeshi Takeshi uh, Kinero as Samanosuke on that walking boat monster thing, and the sword play is just phenomenal. My mind when I was 17 or 18 just went <laughs> yeah it's a really great game to play, isn't it? like that, that entire series is pretty damn good to be honest capcom you know for the last couple of years they've all just it's just fan service isn't it really yeah. i mean that's what they've really lent lent into and then you got konami who just went ass backwards um squaresoft have been a bit tepid do you know what they are i, th- I think in this last this this entire generation has just been a complete kind of turnaround for developers and publishers where you know we've we've always been kind of okay you'll get what you want eventually after we've done what we you want to do and we get games there'd be so many games that we didn't want but we actually ended up enjoying whereas this generation has been like, like hey crash bandicoot remaster okay spyro remaster sure resident evil 2 okay uh, shenmue 3 let's do that like what the frick is going on with this entire generation this is just like <laughs> remake yeah, I mean, obviously that's going to come up for the, the PlayStation Six, but you know, it's, <laughs> PlayStation Six Episode One. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in, 
know, this this entire generation, like The Last Guardian arriving after 10 years of development, we are having the agent from Rockstar away from fulfilling everybody's dreams um, because nobody ever dreams of... of far, you know, no, nobody ever wants Half-Life 3 anymore. Everyone knows that that's, that's never going to happen. So that's oh, the last thing. Half-Life 3 confirmed, Sean's just said it. And... Ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, you just missed a tweet from Valve. Hey, guys, Half-Life 3 is coming. Thanks. Yeah, and do you know what? Every can time... you imagine? Can you imagine if they dropped Half-Life 3 like that? I would love them to do it on April Fool's Day. That is the only time of the year they could do it. We just <laughs> not even not even put LOL on the end of the tweet. Just put Half-Life 3 confirmed. <laughs> yeah, I imagine the Steam Steam stock uh, Steam bleh, Steam stock prices would just go. <laughs> now, have, have you have you ever you've not worked so? April Fool's Day is the worst day to be working in games journalism. The single worst day. Because you don't actually know what's true and what's not. <laughs> the amount of games... Uh, what was it? Far Cry... Um, the, the Dragon spin-off. What was it called? Far Cry... Blood Dragon. Blood Dragon. Yes. So they announced that on April Fool's Day. And everybody thought it was an April Fool's. Like, Eurogamer had it, April Fool's from Far, Far Cry developers. Ha 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 It's dead funny. <laughs> and then, like, two days later, they put out a new trailer for it. It was like, wait, fuck, is this real? They're like, <laughs> why are they doing, like, a neon 80s <laughs> spin-off of Far Cry? What the hell's going on? It's and, actually very good, I would say. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, but th- this is what happens on April Fool's every year. We get the worst fucking day of games journalism. Your inbox is full of press releases from people trying to be funny. And it's so bad. Like, <laughs> so, oh, so bad. Oh, man. I remember back in the day of Hey You Guys Gaming, my, my most popular post ever was on April Fool's Day when I when I announced that um, Naughty Dog and Sony had fallen out and The Last of Us was coming to Xbox 360. <laughs> and... I just sort of did it like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get involved in the April Fool's Day shenanigans. And it went fucking mental. And like, <laughs> we almost had to retract it. It was getting, it was just going insane. It was like, what do these guys know? They don't know anything. And it's like, it got re- people got very angry. And it was very, very funny to me. But yeah, um, that was our, that was at least my biggest day on the site, was talking absolute bollocks on, on April Fool's Day. <laughs> I remember starting a rumor that trophies were coming to um, Modern Warfare 4. So, sorry, Modern, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Because there was no trophies for it on PS3. And it was the most requested game. And um, I, I started a rumor that, that trophies were coming on April Fool's Day. And I got so... I got so many death threats about that. That was scary. <laughs> like, I, I, had, I had people like, like, my name went up on Reddit, and they were like, who's this guy? Why the fuck does he not know? And they like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's like a game of it, what, what was weird, though, is that because, obviously, it was April Fool's Day, and you only really do the fool before, like, midday. But then, like, you don't understand that on Twitter... Like he tweets and some Australians there, and it's like, "Hey, it's still March. What the fuck's this guy talking about?" <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it was bad. It was really bad. Don't make jokes, kids. It's not smart or clever. Yeah, it's not clever. Yeah. Don't make jokes on the internet. It's a very dumb thing to do. Don't go on the internet. It's even better. It's yeah. Like don't the public. It's not very big. It's not clever, and everyone's gonna laugh at you. <laughs> Maybe you. Like. <laughs> Maybe you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Penis jokes. Well, on that on that bombshell, we should probably call it there. <laughs> yeah, I think we've fair enough. Into uh, into Waffle Town, USA. 
Uh, yeah, once we get to the penis jokes, you know it's probably time to end a podcast. Um, thank you very much indeed uh, to uh, Shauna Greggs, and thank you for listening, if indeed you, you are. Um, this is a little tester to see if people want a Finger Guns podcast. I mean, who knows? That would be really nice. Um, I've had a good time in the last hour and a half chatting, chatting uh, to people, and um, we want to uh, keep this up, obviously. Um, we are fingerguns.net. You can follow us on at F-N-G-R-G-N-S on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on Finger Guns by PS Gamer or PS Gamer. You, I've got I should know this by now. Um, our Facebook page <laughs> name is is really shit because of uh, because of uh, Facebook Finger Guns UK. That's it. Facebook.com forward slash Finger Guns UK. We of course have a a Patreon, which is on funnily enough Patreon Patreon.com forward slash Finger Guns. If you like what we do and if you do want to support us a little bit, it's only one dollar a month, which isn't even a quid. It's seventy eight pounds. It is at this current rate. It might go down once we leave the EU. Who knows? Nobody knows. It's a terrifying time for everyone. Uh, so that's uh, so that's what's going on right now. Uh, what else have we got? Oh, we got Twitch as well. And you can subscribe to us through Twitch Prime because we're one of those special people. Um, if uh, we ever get around to streaming again, then you can follow us on Twitch Prime. And uh, every every little helps. So that'd be nice. We don't have to do any of these things. You can get all of our content for free if you so wish. Um, just if you want to, that'd be nice. Uh, so that's it. If you want more Finger Guns podcasts, um, we'll be doing them every week uh, from now on. And uh, we'll be talking more about the games. If you want to come on, talk about your game, publisher, developer people, uh, then do it because we love talking to indie developers. We love talking about their new products as well. Yeah. So, uh, whoo! Okay. And breathe. We, we appreciate your feedback. We'll try and be a bit more structured with these. But yeah, thank you for listening. Any last words, Sean? Bye. I knew you were going to say that. I knew that was what you were going to say. Okay, well, until next time, we got. Oh, we need a sign off, don't we? Uh, I think Sean succinctly put it there with bye. Bye. All right. Bye, everyone. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening.